0: Open to Technovation, I'm your host, Peter High. Our broadcast today features a conversation from our most recent MetaStrategy Digital Symposium on the topic of a people-focused approach to transformation. The conversation featured Mike Jerisi, the Chief Digital Technology Officer of Molex, and Tim Dixon, the Chief Information Officer of Generac. The gentleman who led the conversation was MetaStrategy's co-head of Executive Networks, Research and Media, Stephen Norton. Stephen, welcome.
1: Thanks, Peter, happy to be here.
0: Well, uh, Stephen, take us through the topic itself, uh, this whole whole notion of a people-focused approach to transformation. Why was this a salient topic from, from your perspective?
1: Sure. So one of the things that we really wanted to explore in this topic was the ways in which technology leaders are engaging both employees and customers as part of their digital transformation efforts. Increasingly, we're talking so much about Customer experience, of course, but also the ways in which a strong employee experience ties into that and the virtuous cycle that's created as a result of that. And so it was interesting because both Tim and Mike have extensive B2C backgrounds, but they're now really applying it to a lot of B2B scenarios. Um, Tim had a couple of great comments about the ways that they're bringing design thinking and journey mapping into a B2B world. And the sort of realization that while your customer might be a large company, It's still a customer. And while the processes for serving them may be a little bit different than an individual, you still have to create a strong experience for them. The second key piece was really around employees and how you enable them to create those good experiences for customers. And at the end of the day, if you want to create a frictionless experience for your customers, you need to make sure that your employees have frictionless experiences with their tools and technologies as well. And so Tim and Mike both talked about the ways that they're engaging employees in new ways and providing them with the tools they need um, as they continue to win the hearts and minds of their teams and push their transformation efforts
0: forward. Well, thanks for that overview, Stephen. Without further ado, let's get to our conversation, a people-focused approach to transformation featuring Mike Jarisi of Molex and Tim Dixon of Generac in conversation with MetaStrategy's Stephen Norton. But first, a word from our partner, Transmit Security, and the company's co-founder and president, Rakesh Loonkar. Transmit Security is a cybersecurity organization that focuses on identity experience and is enabling a secure and passwordless future. They also recently received the highest Series A venture capital investment in history for a cybersecurity company at a valuation of $2.2 billion. Rakesh wanted to share a couple of recommendations for technology and digital executives on how to improve a company's cybersecurity infrastructure.
2: Thank you so much, Peter. First, I strongly recommend to take part of their budget and dedicate it to really innovative companies. It has to be built into the budgets upfront so that it serves as a forcing function to really look for new technologies. The, the second recommendation is outside of identity. There are two very interesting classes of security technologies that are emerging. The first one is improving the quality of code to make sure that your developers are not introducing software vulnerabilities. The second is cloud security. I think we're in the first inning of hundreds of companies that will be created offering really innovative ways of securing the multitude of problems in the cloud environments. I just want to leave your audience with this last thing. Every single time they have to enter their password, change their password, can't remember their password or any other problems, please remember transmit
0: security. And now on to the interview.
3: Very excited to welcome uh, Mike and Tim today. Um Tim is the chief information <laughs> officer for Generac. It's a Milwaukee area company, a designer and manufacturer of energy technology solutions. Um, Backup generators are are one of those many products um, that the company creates, um, increasingly getting into clean energy products, electrical grid services, and a number of other things that we'll talk about later today. Um, Tim joined Generac in August 2020 as the company's first CIO, uh, and prior to that, he was at Laureate Education, a $5 billion global education enterprise, um, as VP of Digital Business Platforms. At Generac, he's really been doing a lot to lead the company into this clean energy and renewable sphere. And I look forward to to digging into some of that with you a little bit later today, Tim. Um, The second person I'd love to, yeah, of course. Love to also welcome Mike Gerisi, the chief digital officer at Molex. Molex is a global manufacturer of electronic components that are present in everything from autonomous cars to NASA space rovers to washing machines. So really everything that uh, you could imagine, there's likely a, a Molex component in there. Um, Mullix is part of Koch Industries. Um, It was acquired by by the company for about $7 billion in 2013. Um, Mike joined the company in 2019. Prior to that, he was the CIO at Aramark, um, the Fortune 250 company in uh, Philadelphia. Um, He's also been the CIO for Royal Caribbean, uh, as well as Tory Burch. And thank you again, both for joining today. I love this through line of the ways that companies are enabling innovation, agility, and nimbleness into their organizations by really putting people at the center. Um, First and foremost, the customer, but also really putting a lot of investment into employees, developing new skills, recruiting new talent, and thinking really hard about different ways that work gets done, as well as the ways that your organizations fit into a larger ecosystem of customers, vendors, and other partners. Um, And so, Tim, we might start with you. So you and Mike both have extensive B2C backgrounds and are increasingly now applying it to a B2B setting. And the, the way you think about those customers is a little bit different. I, love, I would love it if you could tell us a little bit about how the shift from B2C to B2B starts to affect the way you sort of think about the, the
4: customer and the customer experience. Yeah, you bet. Uh, so once again, thank you so much for the opportunity. Uh, to talk about what we're up here to in uh, Generac Power Systems in in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, Speaking of transformation, though, before we get to to the B2C piece, uh, there was a pretty huge transformational uh, part, uh, component of me uh, in my career as I was a developer growing up early on with IBM and HP, and I decided to go back to the University of Texas and get my MBA back in 2000, now 20 years ago. You can believe that. And pretty transformational program that I enrolled in. They offered this thing called the Center for Customer Insight. And I refer to it as the early days of design thinking. You might be familiar with the Stanford's D school. And it was, it was really transformational for me in my career, and my thinking, and my curiosity, and my passion, because what it allowed me to do as an IT guy uh, was to think about the customer, put myself in a customer perspective, involve the customer whether that be an internal or an external customer in everything that I was going to do and and it was doing from an IT perspective. And when I worked for B2C companies like Dell and eventually moved into more of a B2B space like at Motorola, uh, those experiences, those passions around the customer and customer insight that I learned at school really transformational for me to help view them from that perspective, to bring in that design thinking mode into a B2B world, which quite frankly, wasn't really there before. I can honestly say that I've heard things in the past in in B2B sort of conversations of just creating a portal or putting a website out there and having people access that and that certainly isn't uh, acceptable in the B2C world in the area of user experience and customer experience these days. So it really allowed me to bring that B2C, that design thinking, that customer-led perspective into a B2B world. And now as I've joined Generac Power Systems, and we are obviously entering into a couple of new industries in the clean energy space, working more closely uh, with the utility companies and our new grid services business unit. It's going to be imperative as we look to decentralize the electrical grid, as we look to digitize and make this grid and these utility models more resilient. That's going to have to be with a digital approach. And we're going to have to involve those utility customers and those dealers from the get-go and iterate and take their feedback and design and go from there. So that 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 Center for Customer Insight program was transformational. I allowed that to take it with me through my whole career and I still adopt it here today at to general. Excellent. Yeah, I think you
3: hit on a really good point, which is that when you think about a B2B context, some of those consumer experiences maybe haven't fully made their way into those processes. Um, and it's it's great to hear how you guys are applying design thinking and some other tools to to move that forward. Um, Mike, I might ask you to to talk about that a little bit as well, and the way that things are transforming within Molex, because I know that you're bringing a lot of the the sort of B two C customer sensibility to the work that you're doing there. Would you mind just walking us through that a little bit from your perspective?
5: Well, thanks, Stephen. Very much appreciate the opportunity to participate in this this great discussion. And you know, just to reiterate some of Tim's key points, I think he's spot on in terms of really making sure that we're thinking through the lens of the customer. One of the first things we did at Molex when I started was to really let's understand that the people that we're interacting with in a B2B relationship are actually consumers too. They they have all kinds of experiences throughout their day day state that are driven through data, digital technology, Mm -hmm. operating model integration and the companies that are doing it really well are probably winning more of their business. So when they come to work, they're thinking about their user experience or their employee experience and through a lens of, well, why can't I do my job the way I, quite frankly, do my shopping? Or, you know, why is it so difficult for me to look up something for a key data dimension that I can look up at home in three seconds? I don't understand this. And what we've been trying to do is really connect with people that, every single interaction a customer has with our company is an opportunity for us to either differentiate and really elevate the experience or disappoint and leave that individual wondering why wonder if there's anything else out there that's any better so our our whole start with this was around vision of every interaction with the customer being elevated to a differentiated capability through our employees and how our employees show up through the operating model
3: Excellent. Mike, I'd love to double click on that a little bit, actually, with the focus on employees. I think one of the things that we've heard really across every session today is that development of sort of a virtual cycle and that a a good employee experience then pays off in terms of your overall customer experience. And I wonder if you could reflect a little bit on some of the things that you've done within Molex so far, really to elevate that employee experience to allow them to, as you said, show up and deliver value for the customers.
5: I think people wake up every morning and they want to go to work and be successful. And and sometimes the infrastructure that's been created for them hasn't really been created for them in the context of what success needs to look like. So we've tried to focus on some of those key interactions, product development, our, our engineering capability, our integration with customer forecast demand. One of the things we've learned through COVID and maybe Tim has seen this too. I mean, the marketplace, the pace of change is just completely accelerated and and it's continuing to get faster. So the more effectively we can integrate with what our customer needs are, the more likelihood we're going to have the positive outcomes. So what is the sales and marketing experience that needs to exist so that one of our marketing or customer support folks are interacting with a customer, they have the right tools, the right data, and they're not working really hard to get the information they need to service and support that interaction or that experience. So think about it like reimagining: what would that role look like if it was set up to be optimized and that person could do their job with the least amount of friction possible and ensuring that they have the right functionality to focus on the value creation aspect of what they do, not so much on the transaction processing. So that's where we've really focused. And, and I think we've made good progress. There's still a lot of opportunity, but we're on our way.
3: Thanks, Mike. And that, that's actually a perfect segue um, to a question that I have for you, Tim. Building on Mike's point about kind of rethinking the way that work gets done, you know, one of the big aspects of these operating model changes is reexamining how work gets done and who does it. Um, and that, of course, means lots of change management, but also a, a real focus on people and whether or not they're equipped to do the jobs of the future. And so, Tim, I'm curious as you think about what the next 12 months to two or three years look like at Generac, how do these new ways of working start to impact the way that you think about hiring and developing talent?
4: Yeah, I'll say that one of the things I've brought into Generac is this, uh, you mentioned employee experience, I really call it employee engagement. And sort of, um, you know, assessing skill sets and leveraging ideation a lot more based on what um, you know team members feel is the right approach is a good idea to create a brand new product or service for the company, or even to create that process uh, or make that technology, you know, much much better. And so, one of the one of the first things I did when I joined last year was host the company's first hackathon. In December, I wanted to see that there was a culture of taking risk. I wanted to see if we could leverage people's ideas from across the organization and what they thought we should do in terms of transforming the organization, transforming the infrastructure, transforming the stack, or maybe some good ideas could come out uh, as a result for for go to market products and services. And it was a huge success. We had 16 teams participate, 70 people, and we've implemented over half of those ideas as production deploy- deployments. And what that What that showed me is that there was a significant amount of pent up demand. There was a significant amount of desire for upskilling, significant uh, desire for folks who aspire to do more, to actually do more and show and present their ideas in a prototype format in a form that they necessarily didn't have before. And so I've sort of from a modeling perspective in terms of that capability and scaling that capability going forward, I've implemented a, a digital COE where now I have a central organization responsible for taking ideas from any anyone in the organization in IT or the business from an executive standpoint or from you know, someone in, in the plant. And we've really built a model around bringing those ideas and having the framework of, of taking ideas, uh, taking the information that a that, uh, that team member has and really bringing those ideas to fruition with emerging technology. And I think that that's just a model that seems to work right now. A lot of people hear and believe these ideas, but they don't technically think how they're going to happen and visually until they can kind of put their hands and arms around it, they might not fully embrace or buy into the idea themselves. So this this idea of the digital COE really allows that to happen, really allows us to create prototypes and fail fast if things aren't going to succeed, but it really allows those people with the ideas and avenue to bring them to life and sell those ideas as potential you know, uh, go-to-market products and services for the company. When you have that type of engagement from team members where they feel their voices are being heard, that is a model that can scale going forward. So we've embraced that quite a bit here at Generac. Excellent.
3: Wow, that is that is an amazing stat that more than half of those projects were able to go into deployments. And it's great to, to hear how you're putting processes in place to really tap into some of that up, pent-up demand Um, and desire for not only upskilling but really bringing new ideas to the business on a regular basis. Um, Related to that, Mike, is often the the need to bring people along on these transformations. Tim just uh, talked about, you know, making sure it's something that's tangible and something that people can see. And I wonder, as you think about, you know, how best to bring your key stakeholders along, whether it's your teams, your direct reports, senior leadership, um, as these ways of working change, are there any tactics that you've used um, that have worked particularly well or any lessons learned um, for, for others in the audience who may be looking to, to bring their teams on a similar journey?
5: Well, I, I think, uh, by the way, Tim, those are fantastic outcomes. I mean, you know, half the programs going in, half the products going into like a, a production status. That's really impressive. You know, congrats, congrats to you and your team on that. I, 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 would, I would say, Steve, to that point, you have to win hearts and minds and, and people have to believe there's a reason to want to pursue something different. I, I, these things can't be mandated. Mm-hmm. I, they just don't have the, the legs you know, to sustain through that type of leadership. So the leadership and, and the way of doing that that we have been deploying both here at Molex and in the past is, well, one let's let's try to understand where where urgency exists. We're you know we have something called the human action model. When when someone is truly ready to make a change, or they see the need to make a change, they just might not know what that change needs to be, but they have a desire to do something different. How do we help connect them to what different could look like? You know, the proverbial art of the possible. But what we what we've been trying to do, and I think we've been fairly successful, is we don't have to create the, the the full solution. We just need to create as much mm-hmm. as someone needs to see to believe that, oh, this is an outcome that's completely different than what I would have expected. So, we we know the, the minimal viable product. We call it the minimal reliable viable product. Enough to get someone, <laughs> you know, over over the hump, if you will. And they're like, you know what? I actually believe this because, unfortunately, many of us are dealing with legacies of over-promising and under-delivering or, or a lack of connection between the enablement of the technology and support of the business outcome that we're trying to achieve. In this manner, I believe you actually get the person who's going to be the real appropriate owner of the product that you're creating. They're completely committed to it because they, they are now Seeing that as something that, that is ownable. So much like much like Tim, digital COE, product teams, a lot of emerging technology working very differently than how technology may have worked in the past, but very iterative with the with the product owner or the business owner for lack of a better description. But don't delay, show them something quickly and get to some sort of reasonable facsimile that they can take ownership of and I think that's how you get people more convinced and convicted to drive the change.
4: I, I appreciate that. Yeah, I was going to say that's a great uh, that's a great example just to kind of build on that a little bit maybe as an extension yep. of that that design thinking example I gave earlier. One one of the things that wasn't present at Generac before I came that I brought in was this concept of uh, customer journey mapping, you know, sprint reviews, mock-up designs, and what I found at a manufacturing company that's used to kind of seeing and touching things, that this was a great avenue to get, the digital transformation is all about getting alignment and taking everybody's you know, feedback and input into, into the process to get their buy-in along the way. And to see how a process was going to flow in a 2B state and, and take feedback on that, to you know show a mock-up or a wireframe in terms of what it could look like and what it's going to do for that particular user. And have executives, quite frankly, give feedback in terms of what that might look like for them. And then, uh, who would have ever have thought that a sprint review, you know, every two weeks or four weeks, would be one, one of the most popular, engaging meetings or or, uh, or call, you know, video calls uh, in the week of uh, you know of IT in the business. But in this case, they actually are. We're building so much, so many new digital capabilities that these sprint reviews are a way for every for us to show our success, show our progress but then to get feedback from both internal and external stakeholders and have them and allow them to provide input and feedback along the way. And to Mike's point, the more of that that happens through the course of the process, the more likely they are to adopt uh, one and then champion the solution once it's delivered. So that's one of the things that we've done here.
3: That's fantastic. And I I think that's a a good spot for us to end. Thank you so much, Mike and Tim, for joining today. Thank you so much for your insights. Um, on the ways in which, uh, as your operating models shift and you engage with new kinds of customers and continue to upskill and uh, engage your employees, the different sorts of models that you've used to really drive some positive change. Thank you so much again, and I'm looking forward to the next conversation. And Tim, I'll connect you and Chris after this on the generators. Thank
5: you. Thank you very much, everyone. <laughs> there was a promo going on, right. right now, Steven. <laughs> <laughs>